We're going to start tonight in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. I think it will be up, the scriptures will be up here uh, on the chart if you didn't bring your Bible tonight. It says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Another name for charity is love. Love believeth all things. Love hopeth all things. We know how important love is. The very first command, or the greatest commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Not if you fear me, but if you love me. So we know the importance of love. We also know the importance of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we know that uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Brother Carson, when he was preaching Sister Roberta's uh, funeral this last weekend, he made this statement. He quoted this scripture. And it's in Titus 2 and 3. And it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he said, this is not a wishful hope, like you're wishing and hoping something will come to pass. We know that the Lord is coming back. One scripture said that he, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we, have, we know the end game. We believe God. We love God. But where does hope fit into all of this? There are those three. And that's what I'm going to talk about, dusting off your hope tonight. You don't hear a lot about hope. But, uh, and sometimes we, I think we almost look at it as a negative in the sense that, uh, you know, well, I'm hoping this will come to pass, Sister Justice. No, you need to have faith, somebody will say. But we, hope has a place. And I, and I think what the Lord's going to show us tonight is how important that hope is. How many of you tonight have received a promise from God? Amen. Just about all of us, right? Now, while, while you're still dwelling on that, how many of you have received a promise from God and that promise has not yet come to pass yet. Amen. Amen. Quite a few hands for that as well. We've received the promise from God. And, and let, me, let me start off by saying this. Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare is intense. But spiritual warfare also is winnable. And I think what the Lord's going to show us tonight is how, how to use that to our advantage. It was in the scriptures all along, but it just kind of, Brother Pickering just kind of jumped out at me this week. So anyway, you've received the promise from God, and yet time has passed. Maybe weeks, maybe days, maybe months. In some cases, Sister Whitaker, years have passed, and we haven't got the promise yet from the Lord. And then when we pray about it or think about it, it's almost like sometimes the Lord is silent. He doesn't... Uh, uh, seem to be addressing our problems, yet we're trying to rationalize it and trying to be able to live day by day. So we know the end game. We know that we believe God. We know that we love God. But how do we survive day by day? We're living for God the best that we know how. We're doing all the right things that we know to do. And yet an answer or direction has not been received from the Lord. You know God cannot lie. You know he's faithful. You know God is a counselor. That's one of his, you know, everlasting father, the, the mighty God, the a counselor, all those uh, definitions about what he is. We know he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble, but yet when it comes to that promise, it's just kind of silence. We haven't got an answer. We're watching. We're waiting. Sometimes maybe even doubting a little bit, waiting for that promise. 
Sometimes we may think, well, maybe that was just me, Brother Picking. Maybe, I, maybe that really wasn't God, or, or you know, may, maybe I misunderstood. And all the time, have you ever had the, the adversary say something to you like, well, you know, um, God has all power, and, he re and if he really loved you, why hasn't he answered your prayer yet? Have you ever felt that? That's the adversary. Why not just accept your fate, he'll tell us, or quit trying so hard, or just give up, or quit thinking about the promise. We're going to talk about that tonight. I've even heard saints say, they're not here tonight, but I've heard saints say, what's the use in praying? It doesn't work. You might as well throw up the white flag, Brother Bryant, to the devil. You're surrendering. But they have, we have said that as saints of God sometimes. So how do we respond? We know the end game, but how do we live day by day? First off, I think we have to realize that we're not alone. Amen. That these are not unique temptations that we have to doubt and to fear and confusion. And there is an answer or direction from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We also have witnesses in the Bible, in the word of God. David was anointed to be king as a shepherd boy. He had never been in the king's house before, uh, but God has called him. He was in, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He is called to the king's, uh, King Saul to drive away the evil spirit. He's getting firsthand knowledge about how the kingdom is ran, perhaps. Uh, he loves King Saul. King Saul um, is there, and he's watching him. But, uh, and also around this time, he's killed Goliath, and he'd be, everything, everything is good. Have you had times in your life where everything just seems to be good? You know, life is good. But it didn't last. Soon, King Saul became jealous of him. Remember the, they sang, David, our King Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. For years, David had to run from Saul and live in the wilderness and, and in the mountains and places to, to try to avoid uh, being killed by King Saul, even though that promise had been given to him years prior. During this time, he was continuing to fight the Lord's battles. One day, he comes back after fighting the Lord's battle, and Brother Bollinger, he, Ziglag has been burnt to the ground. His wives and his children have been taken captive. His own soldiers talked about stoning him. And yet we find David said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. At one point, if you remember, he got so discouraged that he finally left the land of Israel and lived in, in the land of Philistine for a few years. One time he had to fake himself that being crazy just to save his life. But there was a day that the promise came true. And David became the king of Israel, probably the greatest king that ever was of the land of Israel. And no doubt the things that he went through, the things that, that prepared him for that time, made him that great king. We need to remember that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as we talked about. Uh, we know the end game in the sense that we know the Lord's coming back. I said we believe the Lord, we love the Lord, we know he's coming back. There's a scripture, as, as I was quoting, the Lord's not slack concerning his promises. When he made the promise to Adam and Eve in the garden about the Messiah coming, that was about 4,000 years before that promise came to pass. It's been about 2,000 years since he made the promise that he is coming back to this earth again. 
But we all have ordered our lives and lived our lives knowing for certain that he is coming back. He has never failed to keep a promise yet, and he's not going to fail to keep that promise. But what about during the times that David was in the wilderness and that he was running from Saul? I remember one story in the Bible where it looks like he, David's trapped. He's on one side of the mountain, and Saul's army, Saul's got about 2,000 men, and they're, they're circling that mountain. <clears throat> but God, as he often does and will do in a situation like that, the Philistines came and invaded the land, and Saul had to leave off chasing David and go fight that war. So we look at, uh, but David said in Psalms 27 and 13, I had fainted unless I had believed or hoped to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Another character we see in the Bible is Joseph. Joseph had some dreams from God that one day he was going to be a ruler. He was his father's favorite. Life seemed good again. But yet we find his brothers were jealous of him and sold him into slavery to the Ishmaelites. From there he went to Potiphar's house and there he was lied upon, cast into the king's prison. And we don't realize that, some, that, that these were years that passed by what, 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 that took this to happen. For instance, we know that when after he had interpreted the butler's and the baker's dream, the Bible said that two whole more years passed and still he was in the, the prison, the king's prison. But the day did come to pass when Pharaoh had his dream. And we've, we know that Joseph came out and became one of the great rulers uh, in the land of Egypt. And when he had opportunity to take revenge upon his brothers for what they had done, for them, done to him, uh, he said unto them, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I'm pretty confident had, had Joseph not gone through the things that he did, that he would not have been in that position to have that kind of response. So we remember what Brother Robson was teaching about uh, a while back or preaching about, about Lazarus, how the Lord delayed his coming, you know, while, while Lazarus had died. According to Jewish history, uh, there was a belief that your soul would stay with you for about three days. And if you remember uh, in that story, on that uh, story in the Bible, Jesus waited till four days so that spirit, his spirit would have left according to what they believed. But regardless... Brother Robinson said, God did that for his greater glory. And he also did that for Lazarus's greater testimony. Nobody, it was such a great testimony that Lazarus had of what God had did for him that the Jews wanted to kill him just as much as they wanted to kill Jesus because of the great testimony. But again, that, that's, that's sort of the end game there. That, we, we see that, but how does that relate to our lives? And that's what I'm getting to tonight. Paul made the statement when he was shipwrecked. He stated in Acts 27 and 20, he said, And when neither sun nor, sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. So even the apostle Paul, he struggled sometimes with hope. And yet we find that he stayed faithful to the Lord, and when he got ready to die, he told Timothy, he said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, and not to me only, but to all them who love his appearing. He had kept the faith during that time. Yet we find, even, even after David became king, there were times that he became discouraged. We read of those in the Psalms. In Psalms 42 and 5, it says, David is writing, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted 
in me. Hope thou in God. Look what he says. For I will, shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. A few verses later in the same Psalms, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted, disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In a few chapters, or not chapters, but a few um, uh, uh, Psalms later, he, makes, he repeats it in Psalms 43 and 5. He said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. So when we are going through on a daily living, waiting for that end game, waiting for the promise that God has given us, how do we survive? David said, when I'm cast down, he said, I will praise him yet the more and the more. Amen. Brother Robinson encourages us not to lose our praise, but it's not just a cliche. This is how we fight. This is how we win. This is how we stay strong in the Lord during this time is by praising him. And there's some other things that God has given us as well. It's interesting that David said in Psalms 39 and 7, he said, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. And in Psalms 61 and 2, he said, From the end of the earth will I cry when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Satan, when we're discouraged, I'm sure that that saint, when they said that, why pray, it, it, it's not working. I'm sure that their hope was not very strong during that time. And Satan wants to steal our praise to, to get us discouraged and give up and, and quit. But David did say this in Psalm 71, 14. He said, but I will hope continually and yet and will yet praise thee more and more. So my challenge to you tonight is to dust off your hope in your heart. Use it every day. Uh, if you're having a tough day, and I've, I've, I know we've all had tough days, but the Bible gives us a, a remedy for that as well. In Isaiah 61 and 3, it tells us, it says, what praise will do. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to gift unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I have, I've tried that one time. Well, I've tried that more than once. But one time I remember in particular, Brother Jay, is I was going through, it was a tough, nothing was going right. It was just, just a heavy burden and, and a lot of discouragement was going on. It seemed like we were being attacked in, in all different fronts. And I just began to praise the Lord. And, and after about, it was about a half hour, as I recall, I began to feel that lift. And I think it went over to, to my wife. I didn't, I didn't mean for that to happen, Brother Brian. <laughs> but it worked is my point at work so when you're discouraged don't be silent praise him as david said the more and the more that's how we fight the battle that's how we'll get us through day by day keep your praise don't lose it rather ramp it up a notch or two well how else can we dust off our hope speaking of abraham in romans 4 and 8 it says who against hoped believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. We have said in our class many times, you cannot always trust, you cannot trust your feelings, you cannot always trust your circumstances, but you can trust the word of God. Amen. Sister Magruder, some of you know this story, but when Carol Magruder's wife was dying of cancer, uh, 
course, they had prayed for her to be healing, and she just seemed to get worse and eventually did die of cancer. But one night, Brother Carol Magruder woke up in the middle of the night, and his wife was not in bed with him, and he thought maybe she was very sick, and so he got up. He goes into the living room, and there she is standing in her nightgown on her Bible. And he says, honey, what, what, what are you doing? She said, I'm standing on the promises of God. When Jesus was tempted, the Bible said he was led by the Spirit to go in to be tempted in the wilderness. Tempted in the things that, that Eve was tempted in, and, and she failed. But the Bible said all sin, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That's the three categories of sin. Everything fits into those. Jesus was tempted in those. He was hungry, fasting. He said, devil tempted him. He said, he said turn that stone into bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He tempted him to, to, he said, if you fall down and worship me, he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. Tempted him to jump off the temple, and he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. A great message uh, is there that the Lord is trying to show us. When we're going through these difficult times, use the word of God. Remind the promises that God has given to you. One person said, God didn't give me any promise. Yeah, well, look in the book. I think there's about 33,000 as I checked last time. Pick one out. Use it. And Brother Brian, I think you were teaching last Sunday about prayer. and You made a statement, something to the effect that prayer is, is a contractual agreement with the Lord. You remember saying that? In other words, it, you know, I know the Lord is touched with the feelings of our affirmities. I know that he will not uh, cast away if we are broken in a contract spirit. So I know he cares about us. But at the same time, I need to remind, remind hey, Lord, you said this. You promised this. I'm holding on to your promises. So with my praise or with your praise, also hold on to the promises of God. Use the word of God. That's why it's so important to hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against him. Romans 5 and 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. What is one of the primary attributes of the Holy Ghost? You know, it's the Spirit of God, but what, what's, what did Jesus say? I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will send what? A comforter. Do you realize the Holy Ghost that we have is a comforter? We need to use him. Take advantage of him. He's there for a purpose. And so what have we learned tonight, or what are the takeaways? Sometimes when we go through, yes, we know the end game. We know the Lord's going to fulfill his promises. We know he's coming back. But i got to get through today, Sister Justice. i got to survive through today. I can do that by keeping my praise, ramping it up a notch even. I can keep that hope by hoping in, in the promises of God, the word of God that he has made. I can stand on those promises. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. We can stand on God's promises. And we got the Holy Ghost. It's a comforter. Take advantage of it. Let the comforter comfort you when you're going through these deep times. Let me say this. You remember the story in the Bible when Jesus was in the boat and he was asleep and a storm came upon the Sea of Galilee when they were crossing it? You have to remember that some of these men that were with him were fishermen by trade. They knew what it was like, Peggy, to be, be on the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible says that the boat was filling with water. It was a true danger that they were in. They go and wake up the Lord and say, Lord, don't you care that we perish? He says, oh, you little faith. Lord, 
our boat's filling with water. Oh, ye little faith, you respond. Well, let me say this. If Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. You're going to the other side. And you may be going like the apostle Paul. You know, Paul, the Lord told him, he said, all of the souls, something like 270 souls in the ship, said, I'll give them all to you. You may, Brother Bollinger, go uh, to the other side floating on a piece of, of, of driftwood or, or swimming. But if Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. But there's also a deeper meaning in that as well. Jesus was asleep. You say, well, yeah, he was tired. He'd been preaching. Yeah, but the Lord said, if you really trust my promises, you can sleep during the, you don't have to stay awake. David, Car not David Carson, uh, Steve Carson made the, the statement one time that he said, he said he was out preaching as an evangelist. People were being healed and saved, and yet his wife, uh, Shirley, I think is her first name, uh, she, she was sick, and they had prayed for her, and, and she wasn't getting any better. And he said, Lord, I'm telling others that you're a healer, and yet my own wife is sick. Finally got so frustrated by the preaching, he said, he said, I am so tired, I'm going to bed. And, and, the, Lord, and the Bible says, you know, don't ever slumber or sleep, so I'm going to let you worry about it for a while. That's the way we need to be. We need to put it into God's hands. We, we like to, the Bible said, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Amen. Well, unfortunately, Brother Oliver, we, when we cast it out to the Lord, it's like, you've heard this analogy, we like to reel it back in. Then we get, oh, no, I'm going to give that back to you, Lord. And we reel it back in. He didn't, doesn't say that. He said, just cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So in closing, has it been 13 minutes, Brother Bryant? Not too much more. The admonition of Romans 8 and 24 and 25 says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. As we learn experience with the Lord, we realize he can be counted on. His, he may, Steve Carson also said if he had one gift he would give the Lord, it was a, a watch. Because he said he never seems like he gets in a hurry. But the Lord has his own reason. Maybe it's because he wants to receive greater glory or give us a greater testimony. But we, can, we learn to trust on him. And the next time you go through that, then you're not quite as anxious about it, but you learn to have patience and to wait on the Lord that he will help you. Amen. So remember the prayers that God has answered. Look back at what God has done for you in the past. All of you that raised your hand that said you have received a promise from the Lord or you've not yet got an answer to that, how many of you have ever had the Lord fail you? There's not one hand being raised in this building. The devil doesn't like to re us to re realize that, but, but God has never failed us. Sometimes he wants us to concentrate on our daily problems, but that's where that praise and the word of God and the Holy Ghost comes in. So here's my challenge to you tonight uh, to dust off your hope, dwell on your hope, and put hope in a prominent place in your lives. When you get up and you're having that bad day, look at that hope just like Paul did and, and the others that we talked about tonight. And it says in Romans 5.13, Now the God of all hope fill you with joy, all joy, and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we know faith, uh, we know that uh, charity and faith and hope all abide, and the greatest is charity. We know that. 
but there's a place for hope. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been put in the Bible. We have a God that we can hope in when we can't see what uh, the end at yet. Hope will take us to whatever we face in our lives. So.